This program is a paid commercial announcement from Jacob Media Partners and does not reflect the views of WPHT or its management. Today's program is pre-recorded. There are so many choices when it comes to selecting the right financial institution. Start with the Philadelphia Federal Credit Union. We're right here in your city. We're also the official credit union of Temple University, and anyone who lives, works, worships, and studies in Philadelphia can open an account with convenient locations throughout our city of brotherly love. Also online at pfcu.com with free online and mobile banking. We're not here for our profit, here for yours. Federally insured by NCUA. WPHT, WPHT, HD, WOGL, HD3, Philadelphia. An Odyssey station. From the Cherry Hill Volvo Studios, where relationships matter. This is Talk Radio 1210, WPHT. It's good news in real estate. If you're a homeowner, if you're selling a home, or perhaps purchasing a home or vacation property, welcome to our home. It's good news in real estate, presented by the Philadelphia Federal Credit Union. Your hosts for the next radio hour, the mortgage mom, Deanne Kitsaris, along with real estate veteran and owner-operator of the Philadelphia Real Estate Class. Mark Cumberland. Your real estate education starts right now. It's good news in real estate. Presented by the Philadelphia Federal Credit Union. All right. Good afternoon. Get ready to laugh and learn here on Good News in Real Estate on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. I'm Mark Cumberland along with my co-host, the mortgage mom, Deanne Katsaris. How are you doing, Deanne? I am fabulous, Mark. Just fabulous. And we're excited here to be every, here every Saturday. Now, this Saturday, we might be at a different time due to Temple Basketball, but whatever. Uh, we're here to keep you. We'll ask your questions. Give us a call. Commercial, residential, uh, mortgages, whatever. My number is 267-266-5501. What's your number, Dean? My number is 609-605-7153. And we are the only real estate show in the Philadelphia market. And the market is booming. And we're the only media that talks about it. So you should listen to us every week. And you can listen to past shows at our webpage, goodnewsandrealestate.com, and also at WPHT's website. So what's coming up today? Coming up on today's show, Mark, we have the market report. Yes. Business tips with Dr. A. Right. Mark's funny story. Got one for you. We also have our mortgage mom topic. Which is what? It's a continuation of the exciting educational step-by-step buying process with the mortgage mom i gotta i gotta remember all that (laughs) don't worry you won't we also have our questions um how much do i have to pay an agent to help me buy a house all right the next question is what kind of a credit score do i need to buy a home next question is what is the first step of the home buying process Great question. We get these questions a lot. <clears throat> Next question is, how much do I have to pay an agent oh, to help me sell my house? All right. <sighs> the next question is, how many homes should I view before buying one? Two. We don't even have to answer that. Pick <laughs> this one or that one. <laughs> and Mark, we have our topic of the day, which is, what is a stratified market? Yes. I can't wait to hear that one. But first, give us your motivational quote. And the motivational quote is, many folks think they aren't good at earning money when what they don't know is how to use it. So having a bunch of cash is one thing, and having expensive Nikes is another thing. (laughs) (laughs) So if you use it correctly, you'll have many, many Nikes. There you go. Except one pair that wear out. 
And again, you could do OP, which is, other, you know, OPM, other people's money, get someone else to buy these. Exactly. <laughs> One of my favorite rules, OPM. <clears throat> so where are we at? So, Mark, we are up to the market report. There is the bell. Now, I've been saying this for a while, and the media has been saying the exact opposite. But all this foreclosure doom and gloom and and rental doom and gloom and evictions. Actually, there was a big report just done, and it... This year ended at the lowest level <laughs> since the company began tracking it in 2005. Foreclosure filings, including default notices, scheduled auctions, bank repossessions, or completed foreclosures were made on 151,000 houses in the U.S. properties during the year, 29% fewer than 2020, and down 95% of nearly 2.9 million in 2010. You had to be going nuts when you said when you saw that. Honestly. Yeah, I just knew I was right. <laughs> because I don't just listen to the same old stations that everybody else does. Right. The filing impacted 0.11%. Now listen to that. The filings impacted 0.11% of all housing units and compared to 0.16% in 2020. And a, and a peak 2.23% in 2010. Now, remember what I said the foreclosure rate was in 2008, 5.1% in the worst market in history. Now, that 151,000 units, how many units are in the United States? Over 3 million. Over 3 million. I got to Google that. I got to make and sure you're is, right. And this is what the media is all hyped up about. <laughs> everybody's going into foreclosure everybody's getting evicted well it's not true they're just full of it because if it bleeds it leads <laughs> and the covid foreclosure to some to, how do you say it um the big wave coming in washing your island away to tsunami the tsunami tsunami uh all that foreclosure tsunami that some people had anticipated is not happening and and there's not going to be a, a bunch of foreclosures coming and and there's not going to be a ton of evictions the government mortgage industry efforts have prevented millions of unnecessary foreclosures and while it's likely we will see a slight increase in the first quarter or maybe of 22 it's not going to it's going to be minimal activity did tick higher toward the end of the year many homers were in about three months of forbearance eligibility and the federal foreclosure expired at the end of July, then they extended it and all that. But one in every 2,445 properties had a filing during the reporting period. Now, that doesn't mean they lost their house. In December, 7,647 properties received the filing. This was up 65% from December, but was 8% lower than November. There were 25,000 completed foreclosures during the year. 25,000 out of, like, I've, in the whole country. There's 676,000 in Philadelphia. Right. So 25,000 is nothing nationwide. So we believe all the repossessions and all the other stuff was way overrated. Homeowners have a record amount of equity, over $23 trillion dollars. Over 87% of the homeowners in foreclosure that were in trouble that missed one or two payments 
have positive equity. This means that most borrowers will have an opportunity to sell their house at a profit rather than lose everything in a foreclosure. I saw one on Facebook today. Uh, some agent posted something about he ran into two people that were in some kind of foreclosure situation and thought they were just going to give it back to the bank. The old, another oh my myth. God. I'll just give it back to the bank. And anyway, he somehow got to talk to them, and they both sold their houses, and they both walked away with cash. The one walked away with like thirty-five, and the other one walked away with like forty grand. And they were ready to walk away and give it back, and give it back to the bank. That's insane. Yeah. So all that, all that doom and gloom that the media talked about for the last six months, and all the all right, you were right, and the evictions. Yeah. It was all bull. And I told you that months and months ago that it wasn't going to happen. The only, thing I, the only thing I'm worried about is this, uh, to be honest with you, is this uh, all this price increases and all this, what do you call it, what your prices are going up here? I'm blanking. Inflation? Uh, gas prices are going up. Inflation. Because I think right now inflation in Philly is around 10%. Nationwide, they they keep reporting like six or seven, but those reports are every six months. So we're probably closer to 10, 11% in our area, Philly Metro. And that's, that's a insane. problem. And, and I'm a little worried about this guy, you know, because when he reads a speech at the end, he reads end of speech. <laughs> when the speechwriter put end of speech, a little that nervous. makes me a little you nervous. You know what else you should be nervous about? Yeah. The rates. What should I be nervous about? And the only reason... Yeah. Well, I'm nervous that uh, what he did this week in Plaren, we had Martin Luther King's birthday this week, and he said that that other criminal had more impact on the country. We're not doing this politically, right? This is... We're, we're, we're sticking I to know, real estate. I um, Just... It makes... I know. It makes so me nervous. right now, your 30-year <laughs> conventional rate is a roundish 3.25 to 3.5%. Your 15-year rate is at 2.625%. Your FHA is at 3.25%. So they're still good. They're so just they're ticking up a little, up bit. A little bit. Still, if you're un if you're around 4%, you should still be giving me a call so that we can go over your options at 609-605-7153. Give me a call. You think they're going to you think they're going to come back down? No. No. No? Hmm, no. That's not good news. But it is good news in real estate. <laughs> that is true. So with that, you are listening to Good News in Real Estate here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHD. And we are all positive all the time. On behalf of the Philadelphia Federal Credit Union, we hope you're enjoying Good News in Real Estate with Deanne Katsaris and Mark Cumberland. The Philadelphia Federal Credit Union. Not here for our profit, here for yours. Welcome back to Good News and Real Estate here on 1210 WPHD, all positive all the time. So we're at the end. So, Mark, we are up to your funny story. This is an actual true story, Dan. There was an agent. She was hosting uh, an open house, and the home was vacant, which meant that all the utilities had been turned off, including the water. And about halfway through the open house, she heard this mother shriek from the whole bathroom. 
and apparently the mother had allowed her son to use the restroom and the five-year-old laid a load that a buffalo would oh have been proud God. of in a non-working toilet. Only so the you. Mother, so the mother was mortified and ran off as quickly as they could. Thankfully, the agent went next door and the neighbors gave her a big bucket of water, which she filled up and used to fill the tank and flushed it. And everything turned out fine. And the next buyer that came in bought the house. <laughs> but, you know, oh that kind of stuff God. happens, man. In I know. The real life, in the real life of real estate. <laughs> Yep. If you have a funny story you'd like to hear, send it at 8029 at Comcast.net or give us a call at 267-266-5501. Yeah, please, because I'm up to like 896 stories. I need some. So please send one. <laughs> so now Absolutely. it's time for the Mortgage Mom segment with the Cat Cyrus from Green Tree Mortgage. And she is going to do part two of the home buying process. So, go, so remember where you left off? Of course I remember where I left off. Yeah, yeah, right. Thank you, Mr. Cumberland. I appreciate that. Um, so last week. Fumbles through her what? notes. I got them right here. I'm all set I see, to go. I see part two. It says right We went that. over a couple things as far as um, what your pity is. And it's not a pity that you have a payment. It's just your pity payment, which is principal, interest, taxes, and insurance. We also went over your total debt to income ratio. As well as we went over what kind of credit score was needed. And we talked about how to evaluate your loan options. So this week, we're going to go over how your mortgage professional, meaning me, can actually help you. And with that being said, we're doing a lot of work and a lot of educating. You might see us on Facebook right now. Um, me and also Drew, actually, from um, Trinity are doing a couple seminars and we've been doing some Facebook lives, but we're helping people identify any credit issues um, that may hinder their loan approval. So whether it's a, a late payment or maybe something that's really not yours, but it's on your credit report, we can help you go through that. I told Drew Smith, I told Drew Smith after he was on the show, my Drew, my uh, Joe Smith story. He loved it. Man. Oh, did he? <laughs> about, about, about Joe Smith. And he was one of my committee people and he got locked up on the, on the Frankfurt L for smoking and no, and he didn't have his wallet on him and nobody believed his name was Smith. And he ended up in the, the state prison on state road oh, from my Friday God. to Sunday because nobody believed his name was Joe Smith. <laughs> That's a sin. All right. Well, I won't treat you like Joe Smith. I will help guide you through the loan application and also the closing process. I'm also going to help determine what is an affordable home purchase price. And I find this funny when I'm taking an application, I'll ask someone, you know, how much do you think you want to spend? Do you want to find out exactly how much we got you pre-approved for? Or do you have a, a set price in mind? And I'll ask them, well, I don't really want to spend more than maybe 350000 And when I ask them what that payment looks like, it doesn't match. So no. the goal is to find out what the payment's going to be. What are you comfortable with? Because in purchasing a home, we need to make sure that it's something that's affordable because we want the purchase of your new home to enhance your life, not hinder it. You right. still want I, always, to I always ask them. What do you think you want to pay a month? Right, they, exactly. They they have a handle on that one. Sure. But they think they're approved for like 200 and then it turns out they're approved for four, but they want to be at 1200 a month. Right. 
So it's, and, it's, and that's how you educate them. In fact, what I do with you with buyers, I give them the you and I say, just approve them as high as they can. And then we'll figure out guessed on where they're going to go, what the taxes are, what is that monthly payment? And then, and then when you figure it all out, you call me up and tell me right. they're good to go. And then right. I find them a house. It does. It it's simple. an easy process. I mean, you're great to work with because we work so well as a team and we know, you know, you wait till I get done. I wait till you get done. And then we shake hands at the closing table. So it's great. Yes. Um, but we're also going to help you compare the different loan programs so you can choose which one is going to be best for you financially. And I find the key now, a lot of people don't even have life insurance or have any kind of savings so when choosing the best loan program, you know, it's not necessarily about putting the most down. It's about your whole financial picture. So like when we had the Linsky Financial Group in here, you know, it's a great idea for them to take a portion of that and put something away into their savings or put it into life insurance. It's the whole package. It's not, here's your keys, good luck, send me anybody you know looking for a home. It's the whole package because financially, you have to be sound. You have to have your life insurance in place. You have to have your savings in place. I mean, God forbid, what happens if you lose your job, you get injured? Who's going to pay your mortgage? Right. So you have to look at everything. We also manage and address any issues that may come up along the way, whether it's an appraisal issue, it's in a repair, it's a repair that needs to be done. Maybe something popped up on your credit. I mean, things happen. We try to prevent everything. We try to guide you along the way and tell you everything that needs to be done. But life happens. And the biggest part of that is just let me know what is happening so that I can help you. Um, there's many factors when choosing, you know, when, when choosing what type of monthly payment is going to be good for you. You have to consider your monthly payments, your closing costs, the amount of cash needed to close, and actually the total amount that you're paying for your loan. So if it's something that you're looking to be into for a short period of time, are we going to do a fixed or are we going to do an adjustable rate? Now in today's market with the rate so low, it's always best to go with your 30 year, even if you're only going to be in the house for a couple years, because it's still going to be the best for you. Right. And that's and the way we're appreciating, even if you're in the house five years, like I know in, in Fox Chase, I'm probably appreciating that like 13, 14% a year. So right. even, so if you buy a $400,000 house times 15% times four, you know, right. you're, you're actually going to walk away with money. Yeah. And, and Mark, the biggest thing is do not be afraid to ask questions so that you fully understand the impact of all these factors on your home loan. The more knowledgeable you are, the more comfortable you feel. And if I can't answer your question, I'm going to get the answer for you. But if I can't right. answer the question, I don't know. There's I've been doing this for a really long time. But again. But you know what? In reality, I've been in the real estate business for a long time. And I don't know everything Agreed. about real estate. Agreed. Nobody does. A real estate agent's job is to not to know everything about real estate. Their, their job is to get you the correct answer. Right. 
That's their job. That's the job. And again, if I can't find it, I'm going to get it for them. So right, and no, and no two deals are ever going to be exactly the same. right. I mean, there's real quick. There's three questions that you want to ask. What's the difference in my monthly payment between a 15 year and a 30 year? What interest rate would I qualify for if I chose an adjustable rate mortgage? And how would mortgage insurance affect my monthly payment? And how long do I have to pay it? So those are questions that you want to get answered to. Um, but again, we're going to take this through step by step. Um, if you haven't listened to the first one, just go back to our podcast um, on good news in real estate. And we will be, you can review it and we'll be happy to answer any questions. Give me a call at 609 605 7153 or you can go right onto my website, mortgagemom.net, and all your information is there. There you go. All your information in one little bundle. <laughs> all right so with after that amazing second part home buying process you have been listening to good news in real estate here on talk radio 1210 wphd and that was very positive and we'll be right back Deanne and Mark are halfway through this week's edition of Good News in Real Estate, presented by the Philadelphia Federal Credit Union. Not here for our profit, here for yours. When the show returns, more real estate news from around the Delaware Valley. All right, welcome back to Good News in Real Estate here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. So where are we at, Deanne? Mark, we <laughs> we are up to our questions and answers. All right, so we got some comments. And those of you that can't see, Mark is Mark is trying to dance in the studio, I am dancing, which is to rock and roll. It's a, I don't know if he's he's praising or he's dancing. Yeah, that song, know, just so the audience <clears throat> knows, is called Philadelphia, PA, and the opening song is by my band Kex. is called Thousand Miles an Hour, and you can find them songs. If you Google, if go. you Google <laughs> K-I-X-X Kicks Philly, we'll come up with Spotify, iTunes, Reverberation, and there's some other uh, love songs on there, too. <laughs> and for and for $29.95 a month, you can be a monthly subscriber to all of the hit songs that are coming out. Well, you can all right, that. ready? You can download them and buy them and listen <laughs> to them. All right, so all right. What's the, we got some common ones here. So what's the first one? The first question is, how much do I have to pay an agent to help me buy a house? So we get that every week. Well, yeah. And a lot of people don't know how it works. Most of the time on the buyer side. Now, there are some agents that charge what's called a buyer agency fee uh, because... I don't know. They they don't they don't not, they're leery of this buyer, and they don't want to waste their time. And their time is worth money. And some of them charge something a fee, a couple hundred bucks, five hundred bucks, and they get you to sign a contract. Majority of them, probably ninety percent, don't on the buyer side, but they still get you to sign a contract. So usually the commissions in most deals, the general there's no generalization in real estate, but. In most deals, the seller pays the commission, and then it's split by the both agents and both brokers. So the agent doesn't get like 6%. He gets whatever his split is with his office. But most buyers don't really have to pay their agent the seller's pay. Now, for sale by owners, if you get involved in there, you might have to pay an agent, and then the agent tries to work out a deal with this for sale by owner, and it's everything's negotiable. Everything's negotiable. But vastly, the buyer really doesn't have... They get the 
aging for free because they're usually the seller based commission. Okay. But that's that's not every deal. All right. The next question is, what kind of a credit score do I need to buy a house? Eight, uh, what is it, 850? No, don't even say that. Because <laughs> <laughs> we just did a Facebook Live this week, and we're trying to <clears throat> we're trying to get rid of the top 10 myths in buying a home. And, that's and one, one of the top myths is that you need to have perfect credit to buy a house. No. Now, you can get an FHA loan for as little as 620. Right. So your FICO score needs to be 620. Now, that doesn't mean one of the credit scores is a 620. You take out your high score, you take out the low score, and we use what's called a mid score, and that needs to be at a 620. Not Credit Karma, not Capital One credit card, an actual tri-merge report. Right. And prior, and prior, a couple of years ago, <clears throat> it was 580 on an FHA. Pre-COVID? Then, yeah, yeah, pre-COVID was 580. Maybe that'll come back, but... I don't Nobody, think anytime soon. Anybody knew that. And, yeah, then, and when I used to tell the students, they couldn't believe it. 580. I said, now it's 620. But 620 is, you know, that's not really great credit. It's it's just, not great credit. It's definitely, um, it's definitely fair credit. And the good thing is that as we're going through the process, you know, we'll get the buyer pre-approved with a 620 credit score. But then I'm going to take a look at the credit and see maybe I can get them to a 640, which is right. going to give them a better rate. Right. Because uh, like uh, like the Smith we were talking about, you got a name like Smith or Johnson. There's <laughs> there's a ton of stuff on your reports. Probably not you. Right. Exactly. And that's why we go through the credit report with everyone. Right. All right. Question number three: What is the first step of the home buying process? You kind of just covered this one, but I just covered it. The but the first step is to is, call me or call me, and then call I'll. Me. I'll Call hook me. up with the buyer and I'll suggest a very good mortgage person to you. And then we will take care of business. And, all right. then, and then she'll collect all your documents, two years taxes, everything, run your credit. And then she'll call me up and I'll, I'll say two things to her. I'll say, approve them at the highest level and tell me how much they want to spend a month and what area. And then I will do a search, find them a house and turn them back over to her. And then she'll call me when we're closing. That's it. That's the process. I don't even have to do the show anymore for the next like six weeks. You just covered it. We're good. Yeah, and I and then I get a check, <laughs> and, and everybody's happy. All right. Next question: How many homes should I view before buying one? You know what? In this market, you don't have a choice. I, I tell you know what? If if you're if the agents are good and not lazy, what they should do. Before you even go out looking at houses, they should have a meeting with you. So they should come to your house or you go to their office and you sit down with the agent. This is how you should do with a good agent. There should be a meeting and it's called a buyer's needs analysis. And I do it. And, and if they don't, if they don't have the time to have this meeting with me, they might not be the buyer I want to work with because I'm not asking them to like, you know, a five-hour meeting i'm gonna i would sit them down with me at a table and say all right listen what's the most important thing we need to talk about and then, then they would tell me that they they're thinking about buying a house and i say all right where where are you kind of thinking about buying a house and they would kind of give me areas and then i would say all right what what does this house definitely have to have and i would let them just tell me everything and then i would ask them describe this house to me and then let them describe this house to me. Now I know everything that 
they want in their heads because I took a half an hour rather than meet them at the first house like most agents do some pre-approved buyer or maybe some non-pre-approved buyer that doesn't even know what they can buy and now I did a buyer's needs analysis and asked them a simple question what's the most important thing we need to talk about and they told me everything I need to know right. so now when I go into the MOS the multiple listing service and look for that house I know where I know how much they want to spend monthly and now I limit it down to in this market probably a choice of a few a handful maybe actually inventory since the last month dropped from 4200 to 3100 in Philadelphia at a 676,000 inventory is down again. I think it's going to be up when they do the report again Mark because I see a lot of my agents definitely are out there listing houses ones that actually don't do listings are out there so I'm hoping that's yeah, a well, good they better sign. Get on a stick because I looked at the listings in Philly, Bucks, Montgomery, and a few counties, and they were all down since the holidays by about a thousand. <laughs> by a thousand. Well, when we're talking. You're talking. We're talking hundreds of thousands. I know, but you're talking about you know since the holidays and since the holidays, everybody's everybody had COVID, so. Yeah, you know, that know. has a very big part to do with it. But for a couple months, we were gradually going up, right. and now we drop back down. But anyway, back to which one should I buy? Now I tell the buyers which one to you buy. Know, you tell first, the buyers the which first, one to buy. No, no. <laughs> I say to the buyers, you know, the first house you looked at, you look at might be the one, right? And then they usually look at me surprised that I said that. But they told me what they're looking for. So I'm not finding one like the average agent. And then they get there and they say, oh, no, this is not what we want. We want the one that goes straight through living room, dining room, kitchen, you know, whatever, a straight through. And, and, and this agent has them in an air light where you walk in living room, dining room off to the right or left, you know. That's not what they were looking for. But because they didn't do a buyer needs analysis, they don't even know what they're looking for. So they're wasting everybody's time. So anyway, they got to have it in their head that that first house might be the one. And, 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 and you'll shock them when you say that to them. Like, there's no way I'm buying the first one I looked at. Well, why not? If it's got everything that you want, why not? And then we go look at four more and you screw around, and then you go back, and that house is gone. Because if you list the house today... It's gone tomorrow. It's it's going to be gone within yep. a week or so. so. Absolutely. I bought I bought the first house I looked at last time. I bought... The convent? Yep. The convent I bought, it was the only one I looked at. Hmm. Had everything I wanted. Giant house with a bunch of rooms. <laughs> <laughs> All right, they were great All questions. Right. So, Mark, so coming up next is going to be our topic of the day. And that is, what is a stratified market? Uh, very interesting topic. Can't wait. So anyway, with that, you are listening to Good News in Real Estate here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHD. All positive all the time. We'll be right back. Good News in Real Estate with Deanne Katsaris and Mark Cumberland is proudly being provided by the Philadelphia Federal Credit Union. Not here for our profit, here for yours. Deanne and Mark will have more in a moment, but first, a message from one of our home team partners, Green Tree Mortgage. How much do you qualify for? Ask Deanne now at mortgagemom.net. All 
right, welcome back to Good News and Real Estate here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. All positive all the time. So where are we at, Dan? So, Mark, we are up to our topic of the day, which I can't wait to hear is, what is a stratified market? And this sounds very complicated, but it's not. It's not. <laughs> And Philly is a good example of this because of the neighborhoods. Buying or selling a house this year, then you're probably trying to wrap your head around all the real estate jargon, all the new buyers and sellers. No doubt you heard about the buyer's market, the seller's market. You know, a buyer's market benefits the buyers, the seller's market benefits the sellers. But have you heard of a stratified market? And it's, it's one of them terms, while not immediately obvious, sounds a lot more complicated than it is. In fact, a stratified market means like a city or a town that isn't categorized as just a buyer's market or just a seller's market. It can show different levels of supplies in different areas based on price range. So Philly is like a good example of this because we are a city of neighborhoods. Now, there are certain neighborhoods in this town that are really tight uh, sellers markets because that's where everybody wants to be. And there's other parts of towns where maybe it's not so nice around there on Friday night around 8 p.m. <laughs> that maybe there's a lot more houses for sale. So, right. so it goes by neighborhood. And Philly's a good example, an old eastern city. And it was interesting. I did a search the other day just out of curiosity. And... In 19111, which is a giant zip code, takes in like Longcrest, Lawndale, Fox Chase, Rawners, 55 actives in that whole zip code. Active for sale. You know how many actives there were in 19115, which is a pretty big zip code in New York? It is a big zip code. Yep. Take a guess. How many? I don't even know, Mark. Eight. Get out of here. Eight. Yeah. You can check it yourself. So anyway... That's the difference. Like, you, you know, in certain neighborhoods, sometimes in certain shaky neighborhoods, prices aren't going to be as good. And you know, like now you're going down to Fishtown and what you used to buy for 50 grand is 500 grand, So right. you know, years later. But a good example would be the unusually amount, large amount of wealthy buyers beginning to pick up that million plus homes, creating that seller's market. In fact, the the real high end market is one of the one of the markets that moves a little slower because it makes sense because you don't have that many buyers that can fit into that mold that can right. handle a two and a half million dollar condo on top of a high rise in town. So they sit on the market a little longer. The fastest moving markets are like the the one fifties to two fifties to three. They're like on and off the shelf, like immediately. But the stratified market, because of both of these things are happening in metro areas at the same time, knowing this informa information isn't just helpful for the real estate agents. It also can improve the chance of you getting the best deal on a purchase. Now, you look at how millennials, they were buying in Fox Chase and uh, Fishtown, rather, and upper and lower Kensington when it was kind of shaky. You know, they, they bought on the fringe, you know, where I wouldn't have personally. <laughs> like, you, you don't want to go wander into the store and around sure. Huntington, Huntington and Kensington Avenue, but, like, they're buying all that stuff up. 
Now, Lehigh Avenue, now they're selling them for what? 600000 for a townhouse? That, you know, that was Hooker Row a couple of years ago. So, you know, that's that's part of the stratified market. So some millennials and some hipsters and some people that are just looking for good investments will watch this kind of stuff because what's the upcoming neighborhood? I remember years and years ago, people were asking me, where should I buy? What's an upcoming neighborhood? And I used to tell them Francisville. And Francisville was above Fairmount. And they, nobody knew where Francisville was. And now you can't touch anything in Francisville for under like six, seven hundred thousand. That's crazy. But you like, were right again. If you would have, if you would have bought back then, you know, now you're sitting on a probably close to a million dollar house that you probably paid, I don't know, seventy five grand for. But uh, you know, I remember giving a lot of people that tip. But in the bottom line, with this thing is, stratified market is especially in metro areas because of neighborhoods and just different things that impact neighborhoods you get different prices and you get different amounts of inventory so you know like if you're i'm not going to pick out of some bad neighborhood but there's neighborhoods where they're shooting at every night sure so like you know i used to tell my buyers and if you're like looking at one of those neighborhoods cruise by there on friday nights or a saturday night and check it out because you know you get a good idea because usually the gangsters are not hanging out at 8 a.m. <laughs> so, They're still sleeping. Go, go by when this stuff is happening. You ride by on a Friday night and you see all the drug deals are in the corner, then you'll know kind of get a guy good idea what's happening with that neighborhood. Gotcha. And so anyway, that's all it is. All right. Well, it, that was it, a good topic. It's by neighborhood. <laughs> it's stratified. Certain are going to have more. Certain are going to have less. Certain are going to be higher. Certain are going to be lower. Whatever. Awesome. She's giving me, she's cooking me the cuts. I am already. <laughs> All right, Mark. And we are up to our segment with Asking Dite. And today our topic is how to use motives and motivate people in this market. Dr. Ray, how I'm are you? I'm doing wonderful. How are you guys doing in Philadelphia? We are excellent and we want to be motivated. So tell us how this works. Well, it's, it's real easy. In fact, I was reading an article today in the Wall Street Journal, and it's talking about three areas that CEOs are struggling with. Area number one is how do you deal with this need for an office environment or the balance between working at home and working at, 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 at the office? Number two, how do you deal with rising inflation, i.e. interpreted increasing salaries? And number three, how yep. do you deal with the war on talent, i.e. hiring people and keeping them once you've hired them? And the neat thing about all three of these areas for us is we have a tool called the Motivators, and it actually looks at six different basic motives, and only one deals with money. So I want to talk about one of the ones that doesn't deal with money, all right? And so the one we're going right. to talk about, we refer to it as traditional. And traditionals are people who like to have rules and regulations. So think about somebody who you're working with that likes to have rules and regulations, likes to have a structure, uh, and they follow it. So these are the types of things that you can do to keep them motivated or to get them motivated or to get them engaged. So one of the things is you want to remind them 
that we have rules for this. We have rules for that. So if you're doing something new, look at the systems that we have and follow those systems. They will give you the structure that you need. Oh, cool. Right? They also they, they delight, dislike others who don't follow rules. So if you're putting a team together, don't put this person with somebody who doesn't follow the rules because it will discourage them right? and they will get frustrated and they won't be able to effectively interact and work with the other person because the other person doesn't follow rules. So they are going to expect others on the team and the leader to follow rules. Now, as far as the leader is concerned, right. that works well because the leaders like to set the rules, but you have to walk the talk. You can't be the leader that sets the rules for others and then you don't follow them yourself because what happens then is, right. is you're going to demotivate people you know, because of that. Right? Also, you want to find they may not be willing to tolerate people who aren't believers in the values of the organization. So if you have a naysayer or somebody who's always questioning or doubting what, what the vision of the organization or where the organization is going, these types of people are going to frustrate them. So especially if you have a leader or they have a leader who doesn't follow the path that the organization is going, that's going to be a double whammy for these people that are traditional. So this gives you just some brief ideas. Uh, you know, stuff. I'll tell you something. If I got somebody in my organization that is a negative type person like that, I tell them go somewhere else because they affect my culture. Right. Right. Well, you're, you're talking about the person who sets the rules and then doesn't follow it or, or, or harasses other people. No, I'm talking about an employee that doesn't want to follow the rules and uh, upsets my apple cart with my culture. They can go somewhere else. And you know what? I, I strongly recommend that because what happens typically, especially in real estate, they go to the office down the street or a similar office, and the hassle that they were causing you, they now cause the other broker. All right? So what happens? Nothing changes. Right. They're not going to change their behavior, but at least you've gotten them out of your culture. All right? And now they're, now they're causing problems for somebody else's culture, somebody else's office. So that works in your benefit in two ways. Number one, your organization work, works more smoothly. And number two, your competitors aren't working as smooth as they used to. Right. No, that's right. I fire, In 2008 to 2010, I fired a bunch of agents just for coming in and talking about how bad things were. So, so are you going to continue this next week? I am. We're going to talk about some of the other techniques that you can use to motivate people without using money. I got a nice phone call from a lady that listened to the show and she loves your business segment. Cool. Terrific. Well, have her contact me at Abelson at Abelson.net or uh, to uh, to just go to our website, Abelson.net. All right. Very good, doctor. All right. If you have any questions, you can email them to Mark at 8029 at Comcast.net or give them a call at 267-266-5501. You can also email me at Deanne Katsaris at Comcast.net or give me a call at 609-605- Seven one five three, and a special thanks to all of our listeners. And we have a couple new sponsors on our show. We want to thank them for joining. We have two more spots for sponsors. People are jumping on board, and I just want to say a heartfelt condolences to the Green family. We lost one of our great friends, me and Deanne, Anna Green, irreplaceable, great person, and great loss. To us and to the whole city. Help thousands, help thousands of people. So with that, you can listen to our show every week here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. Have a great week. Hopefully things are going to get better, which I think they are. I'm Mark Cumberland. I'm Deanne Katsaris, your mortgage mom. You've listened to Good News and Real Estate here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. 
all positive all the time. Thanks for listening to Good News in Real Estate, a Jacob Media production. If you're interested in learning more about the power of the radio hour, contact Joe Kraus at 267-261-3428. This program is a paid commercial announcement and does not reflect the views of WPHT or its management. Today's program has been pre-recorded.